in my heart, I do believe we shall overcome. Define the evils in our society is poverty, racism, and war, which are all forms of violence. Coretta Scott King, on this Martin Luther King Day edition of Now I've Heard Everything, I'm Bill Thompson. The first Martin Luther King Day was celebrated in 1986, after having been signed into law by President Reagan three years earlier. I spoke with Coretta Scott King in 1992 upon the occasion of a publication of a book, a collection of her late husband's writings and speeches. It was called I Have a Dream. It was intended for a younger readership, people who were too young to remember all the civil rights struggles. I spoke with Coretta Scott King. You're going to notice a couple things about this interview. First of all, it's a phone interview, which I rarely did, but hey, it was Coretta Scott King. I'm not going to pass up that opportunity. But the other thing was I... I really didn't have to ask her many questions. Actually, just a couple of questions. Because I wanted to hear her speak. I wanted to hear what she had to say without me interrupting with my brilliant questions. So that's what you're going to hear. You're going to hear just a couple of questions from me. Mostly, this is Coretta Scott King from 1992. There is so much in here that, frankly, I had forgotten about. The quotes that that have now become part of our common uh, everyday language that I had forgotten had come from things that your husband had written or said in in a speech somewhere. It's marvelous how many things uh, originated with him. Oh, that's that's absolutely correct. And I think that uh, it's very timely to have this book come out now because it will have been 25 years uh, next year since his assassination and 25 years since we founded the official memorial to him, uh, which is the institutional guardian of the King Holiday. With the King Holiday, we've been able to uh, reach uh, many more people even around the world with Mark's message than... Uh, certainly without it, you know, there have been many books written about Martin, uh, but the the main resource materials are the ones that he wrote, and they should be read by everyone. Unfortunately, this has not happened, and if they had had, I think we would have a different reality in terms of films that are being done today on the, the violent films. Um, the young people who are uh, talking about violence as a way to uh, to resolve conflicts and uh, to uh, solve problems. Uh, you know, you know, that's really uh, our violence is obsolete. And I think that what what a book like this does is to help people understand that there is an alternative uh, to uh, to violence in our society to the violence, the many forms of violence. Uh, violence is not all physical, it's spiritual, it's psychological, it's, it's institutional. Uh, there's a lot of institutional violence, and uh, Martin prevent, presented us with a method of social change uh, that works, and it works at every level um, of our society, and in individual lives, um, it works uh, in, with internationally with nations between nations within nations and i think we can uh, certainly reflect on what has happened in 
uh, over the last couple of years in Eastern Europe and in the what was the former Soviet Union uh, to realize that uh, uh, nonviolence is a more excellent way uh, to to bring about change. And Martin had said uh, in so many on so many occasions that uh, we must either um, become uh, nonviolent or we will be non-existent. And and he left the blueprint, you know, in his writings. And of course, we are following that blueprint in the Martin Luther King Center for Nonviolent Social Change in Atlanta. Um, that's where we teach people about Martin's principles, his six principles of nonviolence, his six steps in the methodology and of application. Um, he defined the evils in our society as being in three general areas, or three general categories, poverty, racism, and war, which are all forms of violence. And he said that they are uh, universal. In other words, uh, violence, poverty, and racism are universal. They are interrelated. They are interconnected in such a way that you can't work for the resolution of one without working for the resolution of the other. And uh, that when you realize that uh, this is really true, that that when you look at the problems of society as a whole, or look in any community or any uh, nation, uh, and you see that uh, all the problems can, reduced to, can be reduced in three areas, uh, you know, it's really true. It's still true today. Martin was prophetic in his uh, in his vision, his writing, and, and the vision that he had for the, the world, the nation, and the world. Uh, and it's all laid out for us. And what we are seeking to do, uh, those of us who consider ourselves disciples of Martin Luther King, Jr., and, of course, we are training a cadre of people, particularly young people, who will be a different will give a different kind of leadership than what we have today. Uh, you know, Martin was a a, a person who, who believed that uh, to be great is to serve and not have a million dollars in the bank. Uh, to help our young people understand that that their their role is not just to be self serving and to get their education to to have a big home and a and a large bank account and live happy uh, happily ever ever after but it is to reach out and try to you know help others and to improve the conditions of our society the society in which we find ourselves and that the struggle has to be won every day it didn't end with Martin Luther King Jr. I think anyone who picks this book up and begins to read it will see that as great an orator and a speaker as he was, he is also a wonderfully gifted and talented writer. The, 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 even the speeches that he delivered in that uh, unique style of his, when read in print, still have as much force. That's right. That is c quite correct. Um, the amazing thing about him is that he found time to write. As busy as he was, and he was one of the most activist persons that that you would find. He was always in action, and yet he would pull himself away from the action long enough to do some writing. He's very, very disciplined, and um, you know, having studied and received a Ph.D. degree helped to discipline his mind and his his thinking, so that uh, he was able to do that. 
And I'm just thankful that he wrote as much as he did. Uh, you know, the first book he wrote was Stride Toward Freedom, and that was the Montgomery story. The second one was a book of sermons called Strength to Love. And then the um, third book was Why We Can't Wait, and that was after the Birmingham movement. And in that book is the famous uh, uh, the letter from a Birmingham jail, which uh, so many uh, teachers use in their classrooms to teach people, uh, particularly the younger generation who did not uh, was not a part of, of the movement, did not see it on television every day, did not live through that period. Uh, so they understand what the sting and what the humiliation of racism is like. Coretta Scott King passed away in January 2006 at the age of 78. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, he was a member of O.J. Simpson's dream team. Now, Alan Dershowitz has joined the Trump dream team at the impeachment trial. Now, I talked with Alan Dershowitz back in 1994 when he'd written a novel, fiction, based on all the questions he always got as a defense attorney. The question that people have asked me for 32 years is, how does it feel to represent somebody that you begin to believe may be guilty and dangerous? Alan Dershowitz, next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson.